Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 75, and we're still alive. I'm here with Dusty Hanshaw, we're going to go through some Instagram questions and have some fun on It's Just Bodybuilding. So, Dusty, what's your stress level today? It's always zero. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Always. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in stress. I don't, I don't stress about things. You can either control shit or you can't, and that's really it. I mean, right now, I think the the dogs are gonna have their say in the show today because they're already starting a little war down below me. So, yeah. Okay, well, 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 we don't mind a little dropping once in a while. Remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. And tell your friends all that stuff. And there we go. Know. Even people you don't know, tell them Even too. People you don't know, just yell at people. Yeah, randomly. Just it's just people. bodybuilding, 70 fucking five. Scott probably has a little graphic come up there to make it look pretty and that sort of stuff. So we're good. We're good. We got all that shit out of the way. Yes. Now we can get to the fun stuff. So I, uh, I heard you have a ring light to make you look prettier, but it's just been sitting in a box next to your desk for how long? A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. I'm waiting on the right moment to strike. Right. Because the thing is, like I told you earlier, like I'm really, little, I'm really handsome in the dark. Well, I was wondering if maybe the concern was just you didn't want to change anything. Well, we made it to 70 fucking five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't it's, see I don't see complaints. I don't see anyone asking for more light on your face. Can we get I'm some trying. more of Dusty's face? That does not happen. No one's ever like, yeah, like. People you know. seem to be unified in the idea that you don't need more light on your face. That's how I feel. I mean, unless they were trying to make to kick a shot, like, yeah, but let's look at that face. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but we're gonna one of these days. Can you hear them? that? That was an interesting noise. That's uh, that's Donna. She's fierce, fierce. Anyways, fierce. yes. So, but we have a ton of questions today, and a lot I'm going glad. on in the world, Mister. So. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything going on in the world. I'm watching TV. He's yelling at his dogs right now. He hits the mute button. He's very good with the mute button. I suspect that he uses it on his phone a lot, too, when he's talking to multiple people. Oh, I definitely do. There you and go. I, but I don't use it when I'm doing my Q&As. I just let them become a star of the show. Right. <clears throat> right. I was like, fuck okay. it. This is my real life. I don't want people to think I got my shit together in any way. Here, here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Let's talk about the Q and A's. Yes. I really like the Q and A's. How do you do the Q and A's? Do you just hit reply on that question and then you just slide the question up a bit so you can fit your big head in and then you just shoot and you just try to be under 15 seconds on each one yes. or do you film a video and then lay it out and now? Okay. Yeah. I do it as the fastest way humanly possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And actually when you just, if you just hit the reply deal, the box is already there, so I just position it so I'm looking at it the whole time. Yeah, minus I just, the dogs. <clears throat> yeah, I yeah yeah I know what you mean. Okay, yeah, that's how I do mine too. way possible, especially because half the time I'm driving or doing other things. So, I, right. people definitely right. know that I don't have time to look anything up because I am in the midst of 77 things while I do that every time. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, are are you actually driving when you shoot some of those? Or are you just sitting in a parked car? No, I'm actually moving. Yeah, but I don't look at it. Yeah. See, I just like hold it like this because like I don't have a good side. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. 
I'm somewhere right. in there. You can hear no, me. There's no visual concern <laughs> yeah, whatsoever. There's not at all like, oh man, I hope they get the glistening of my hair or what hair. Jesus. <laughs> You're just hoping your shirt is pulled down enough that yeah, it's like, like I, I try to avoid the wrinkles like this, and that's about and so I get I get situated with my seatbelt. I like do, to move uh, it under my arm. Do you do a rice check? Make sure you got no rice. You do need to be a little cautious of that. And then you, you know? got a white logo there, so sometimes you gotta give the logo an extra hard look for rice. You're like, God damn it, it blends in. Yeah, between that or, you know, black is dangerous. With the beard, and apparently uh, I have a company now sending me some oils and shit that's supposed to help because I was having a little, like, look like a dandruff on my shirts. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I know what you mean. You got to manage that. I know it's tricky sometimes. And it can change on you. It could change on you. You can be using a certain amount of beard oil and some lotion on your face and everything's golden. And then just for some reason, one day you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's not a good it's not a good look to look like you have dandruff and you have no hair. So, yeah, I got that. But a company reached out and they're like, try our stuff. And I was like, "Okay." so. So sometimes if I get that, I just shave my beard off. Oh, see, I, I can't because the number of chins that I imagine are accumulating down here now. It's got to be getting pretty high, and right. I'm like just you don't starting even to. Want to oh God, you know, because you, how often do you do this in the gym? Right? Oh you yeah. Set, you drop your. It's just not good. I mean, not that it was pretty to begin with, but. Yeah. Plus, now you can put your mask down around your throat during your set and cover them up even more. Exactly. Because now that we don't have to wear the mask during, which makes zero sense, but whatever. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just crazy. I'm just glad I can breathe. But I did find, and I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but I don't give a shit. Um, So if you go on Amazon, they have these masks that are like under Halloween stuff. Right. Like sparkles and shit on them. Uh, But here's the thing. They're actually mesh. Right. So you can breathe. So anybody who doesn't give a fuck about masks but likes to follow the rules, Amazon, jump over there. Breathe rights is what I'm calling them. Yeah, you got some sparkles in your face. You look like every other girl on Instagram with their fucking filter. You know? It's <laughs> you, fine. You, you walk I'll, around. I will deadlift 800 sequence. pounds with the sequins on my face and feel no pain. Oh, you know? that's so funny. That's so it's funny. all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. I'm you, starting to kind of like I'm starting to kind of like the mass on the odd girl. It kind of well, gives them the like playing a, field. Kind of gives them like a Mortal Kombat look. Like, but I don't want to know what's under there first because yeah, but then there's that little mystery. Like, oh, geez. Yeah, but, I mean, you—it's like you think it could look like Janet Jackson, but maybe it looks like Freddie Jackson once the mask comes off. You never know. <laughs> Got to watch that shit. Eyes can be tricky. I mean, even I have decent eyes. I mean, think about that. I lost the connection. I lost the connection for a second there, Dusty. I saw you kind of paused out. Yeah, I was laughing at your Jackson joke though. Thank you. It's very key. You know, so what yeah. is what's going on in the uh, in the Vancouver world? Um, lots of rain, pouring fucking rain. Um, pretty much for like I don't even know when the last time I saw like sky. Awesome. It's like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's been a while. It's I I I often when I first moved out here I was like oh. Uh, the name of the season is uh, from January to to like April. Mm-hmm. The season is called the season is called Blade Runner. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the weather in that movie is just 
raining apocalyptic rain just non-fucking-stop that right. whole movie and it just reminds me of that you you're know? like so this is where they filmed blade runner so i live in the future i live in a bleak desolate dystopian future yes and that was even before the mass and the quarantining so imagine the effect it has out here with all the rain too <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even, definitely not making light, but I cannot imagine me with my already weird issues with weather, then quarantine, (laughs) be not. Yeah, because you're you're, you're stuck at home with gorgeous weather all the time, so you can just like walk out the backyard and like, yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no, actually yesterday I had to, had a real predicament, Um, took the dogs to the park. And it was a little hot because the sun was really blaring on me in January. And I'm like, shit, it's hot. I wasn't prepared. I mean, that's the kind of intimidating stuff that goes on here. Sun in your eye. You can never forget your sunglasses. Right. It's not good. You know? Do you want to know something funny? I don't even own sunglasses. <laughs> You're like, I'm dead serious. I don't have any. I don't have a pair of sunglasses. I haven't had a pair of sunglasses for like, I don't know. I got my car detailed. Like it was like two years ago and the guy accidentally broke my sunglasses. Right. And I didn't even care. I was like, oh, okay. Girl, well, so, I live here now, so it's OK. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. You know, I don't know. That's just it's it's so strange. But I should probably buy a pair because probably good for you to wear them. Like, I don't well, know. Yeah, it's, it's funny. But actually, the light that hurts my eyes the most is what you guys have that when it's kind of gray, not raining. <clears throat> But it's bright, but gray outside. You know what I'm talking about? Right. I know what you mean. That shit actually hurts my eyes. So I wear sunglasses and it's completely unwarranted for brightness, apparently. But that's I don't need them here until we have that weird ass day, you know, which, by the way, not so subtle segue. Your questions, people asking you yesterday about what you missed about being a bodybuilder. Yeah. that was fantastic, and I think I think you need to expand on that just a hair here for me. Oh goodness! I was I was digging the the what you enjoyed most, um, and kind of what you miss and that kind of stuff. Because I, I I think a lot of people you you get to that point. It's like, well, what do you do when you're quote done? Because you've been chasing a goal for three decades, right? So so give give everybody who didn't watch that a little a little idea on that. I thought it was good. Fuck. Well, I, I hope I remember what I said. I, you don't I'm, have to. You could tell me what you feel today. I'm not sure how how perfect I'll get it. I don't quite remember everything, but um, I remember it all. So I'll, I'll jump in. Well, I, I, I the question was, um, what do you miss the most about competing your competing days or whatever? I yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, I, I think what I missed the most was um, like just the freak being being part of of being a freak, you know, like, I mean, how many people get to go to the gym and, and just fucking unleash like the crazy shit that, you know, we had to do like, you know, putting seven, eight plates on the hack all the fucking time and loading up the leg press and using 160 pound dumbbells on the incline. I know lots of guys have better numbers than this, but in my, in my life, that was like, those are big numbers. You know, deadlifting 500, mm-hmm. deadlift, deadlifting five to 600 pounds all the time for reps, squatting five plates aside a fucking million times for sets, you know, like just training heavy and hard and going fucking all out and being 325 pounds and not just like 
that it, it's like a rush, you know? I mean, you're essentially, we all get pulled into it. I, well, I think a lot of us get pulled into it, you know, like comic books, pro wrestling, all the influences, Terminator movies, you know, like all the influences that I had mm-hmm. growing up was all kind of like, you're kind of trying to be a bit of a superhero in a way. Right. And you're, you're just trying to be like, you are trying to be, I mean, essentially, I don't know how lost it is now. But back then, you're kind of trying to, like, be more than human. Right. Like, there was, like, a real extreme mindset. Like, you're, like, like I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be normal. Like, it was, you want to be so fucking not normal that it's just (laughs) obvious to every single person you encounter that there's nothing normal about you. You know, like, that's kind of was part of the drive back then. And, And then dieting for the contest, like... I mean, yeah, like there's all this stuff that's tough, but that's like, like, I don't look back on any of that stuff and really remember the tough shit vividly. Right. I just remember that it was tough. Right. Like, I remember how tough it was. I remember the conversations I had. I remember the, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, but I only really focus on the good stuff, like the satisfaction of accomplishing goals and like seeing new striations on your quads when you're dieting and seeing the glutes coming in and walking on the treadmill and, and pinching the skin on your glutes and going, fuck, it's coming, it's coming. And just that, like, <laughs> that sort of, like, insane drive. Like, I remember walking on the treadmill in the morning, you know, at the gym, pinching right. my glutes, and then wondering, I'm like, and actually the mindset was, okay, tonight when I go for my nighttime walk, they're going to be thinner. Right. <laughs> now that's I'm going to get fucking leaner today. <clears throat> yeah. You know, or, or you'd pinch the glutes in the, at night when you're doing your nighttime walk and you're like, okay, tomorrow morning in the gym, they're going to be thinner. Like just yeah. that sort of like obsessive focus, like how many people pinch the skin on their glutes, but I probably pinched the skin on my glutes like a million times mm-hmm. and was just driven by little things like that. And, and yeah, I don't know that that's, that's the, the you know, the, when you have that <laughs> insane of focus and that insane level of structure life is so fun when it's simple like that right just fucking giving her and going all out and yeah it's 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 fun so so yeah i mean you know i miss that but you just find other other things to focus on and other ways to to you know sort of you know satisfy those those you know requirements in you you know, in your, inside my inside my broken, damaged humanity, there is a desire to be something more than normal, which is kind of always been there. I mean, it's why I did tricks on BMX bikes when I was a kid and did mm-hmm. and skied moguls. And, you know, and so there's always something that I wanted to do different. So you just I have to have something that I'm doing different. And, uh, yeah, for a long time, competing was like fuck a pretty big one to take on, you know. That's why I asked because so when I was listening to him last night, it kind of hit me that I wished I had heard some of those things when I was just getting into it. Because I think one thing that a lot of athletes don't do well is take that minute when they're in the midst of it all and be like, holy shit, like this is my life. Like, but in, in, irregardless of if you're making money or doing whatever, like, you're literally doing exactly what you want to do by choice. Yeah. And I feel like that gets missed sometimes. I mean, I know for me, because it's always, I'm like you, I'm <clears throat> chasing the thing. 
And I wish in hindsight, I would have sat back every now and then and said, wow, you know, cause you, you know how it is when you were doing all of those numbers in the gym, you don't really, I don't think about it. Like I've never sitting in the gym going, I like, there's no one in Arizona that trains like I do, but I still don't think about it. It's yeah, like, I know what you it's mean. It's just what you do. And now in hindsight, I'm like, when I look back at some of those really brutal preps, I'm like, man, I wish I would have soaked that up just a little more because like you said, when it's done, the the pain is like what made it so much better. Like looking back, yeah. you're like I kept yeah. going and no one made me. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, the funny thing is, is I, I look back sometimes and I like, like, I know it's fucked up because, but it's just, you know, time fades, right? And it fades mm-hmm. your memories a bit. I'm like, huh, I wonder if I could have gone harder. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know? that's a beautiful thing right there. <laughs> so there's, so there's something, I don't know if like everyone does that, but that's something. And then another thing too, that, uh, I, I do remember this. I remember after I did the story, the one you're talking about, mm-hmm. I remember realizing that I hadn't even mentioned the actual competitions. <laughs> which is which is actually something I noticed too, because that was the, I think the base of the question is when you competed, but and I feel the same way. Like the shows were literally mile markers for me. That's it. The shows were like, like, like I don't know. Like I don't think of them when I think of like my favorite memories of competing. Mm-hmm. I don't think of any of the shows really. I mean, obviously, if I'm making a list, there's going to be a couple of the wins on there. Yeah. Right. Like when you win stuff, it's like awesome. But like they're not they're not like what I'm like, oh, man, that was that trip to Toronto that year was so awesome. No, it wasn't. It was stressful and hard and exhausting. (laughs) And I got third that year and my tan could have been a bit better. And I was a little flat in the morning. So let's move on. That's that's like if if someone were to ask me a direct question, what's the most memorable <clears throat> part of a prep or or a show I should say? It's it always goes back to, oh well, uh, you know, Ron came up to my room in Toronto and we were on the phone or in Vancouver on the phone with Aceto or, you know, Chris used to I used to just get a Chris a room right next to mine. Those adjoining rooms, yeah. <clears throat> and the best part of the weekend was literally fucking off in the hotel room the entire like the show is like ah, that's fine we knocked it out but like the amount of memories and conversations and shit that would go on in the rooms that's what i remember <laughs> i you know? i remember i remember i will say this about you that day i came to your room for the vancouver show mm-hmm. so you looked great at that show like you had strided glutes and you were 268 pounds weren't you mm-hmm. like I mean, people, people see you and they know you're a big dude and stuff, but you know, like I saw you in your room that day, peeled, dry, like you're big and you were so like, it was like, you didn't even care. There was a show that day. It was like, it was just something we had to go down and do for an hour and then we could come back up to the room. Right. (laughs) You know, like you were just, I remember thinking he's extraordinarily uninvolved with what's going on like you weren't like talking about it or thinking about it you mm-hmm. were like oh, da, 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 da. i think you were even telling me about t- tell me about your bag or something like <laughs> oh yeah this is a book a new bag i got blah, blah, blah. and i just remember thinking like oh he's like so calm it's not even on his mind like right. so so calm you know 
And um, also, we only looked at you once. Like you, you posed, and then you put your clothes back on, and then you didn't strip down again until like five minutes before you put your oil on. <laughs> right. So like you know, most guys are like checking their abs all the time, checking their legs all the time. But you were just so calm because you know, you you're at that point, you're like, I'm still the same as I was three hours ago. I know. Yeah. I I know. I can just tell you like pinch your skin through your pants and just stay sitting. You know, <laughs> yeah, and I just I've remember never understood how that mindset, you know, like is I do see guys and I think <clears throat> that some people miss out some of the best part of preparation when it's over. Like because right. it's done. I mean, at that point, like it's literally done. If you've got a good coach or you're prepping yourself properly, you're not swinging for a fence that you can miss. Yeah. Like you just you had yeah. nothing to do that day. You ate you ate like like two pop tarts over the yeah. course of an hour and that was all you ate for like three hours before the stage. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just finish. And I mean, I remember cause that was how it was for my first national level show too. Yeah. I remember like waiting for it to get like stressed cause I've seen guys do it, you know? And I just realized like when you've put in the work, it's funny. Yeah. I just had this conversation with a client yesterday. You don't think about it. Yeah, and it's the same thing with your prep. Like, uh, I have a lot of people that at seven weeks out, like, you think we're going to make it? And I'm like, don't even worry about it. Yeah. Like, worry about it. all I want you to worry about is executing today. That's it. Yeah, and if yeah, you yeah, do yeah. that all the way to the show, and I've had shows that didn't turn out, as you know, but what I did wouldn't have changed. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> you know, so and, it's like, and, I don't understand the the stress of that, the stress component. Kind of like I said earlier, I don't stress. I just don't believe in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is funny. You know, most of the shows I look back on, I did 24 shows <laughs> and most of the shows I look back on and I'm like, eh, because I mean, I didn't win all of those shows. Right. Right. Only one, like one, two, three, only I think I won four times in my life. Right. Right. You know, so. So, you know, the wins were awesome, but all the other shows, I'm like, eh, could have been fuller. I looked really good at that one, but I got a placing I wasn't happy with. Right. You know, like, so they're just, and I don't think anything else of that show, and it doesn't cross my mind in for any other real value. Right. You know, um, it's always the training and the drive and the obsession and, like, I remember going for my nighttime walks because I did a lot of, of nighttime cardio before my last meal. Right. So I would, it was very common for me to do a 30 to 40 minute walk outside, like a brisk mm -hmm. walk, and then come inside and eat a plate of egg whites and go to bed. That was like how I did my preps. Right. And um, like I'm talking probably most of them had that. <laughs> that's the nighttime finish. Right. right? <laughs> it's just my routine. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, um, I remember that nighttime walk, like I would, like it didn't matter if it was, minus 20 i would put on my winter jacket and my toque right it didn't matter if it was pouring rain i just had this big muscular development rain jacket right and i would put on it was like way too big and it was like long and i would just walk in that it didn't matter like i would just do it no matter what and i remember like the it wasn't even about bodybuilding it was i was like oh i'm doing something really fucked up right that <laughs> that that most people wouldn't do yeah and most the reason people aren't to. prepared well, to yeah. And I remember there was a there was several times there was kind of this thing that I used to say to myself, um, uh, 
this this doing cardio like this, like in the pouring fucking rain or when you don't want to do it, it, you know, insert your own life circumstance. Yeah. Um, do it four in the morning because you got kids or whatever, you know, doing that cardio when it sucks is an investment. It has nothing to do with bodybuilding. Forget the show. Forget getting lean. You're investing in your discipline for the future. So when you're when when life takes you in another path and you're on another venture, you've already done cardio in the rain. Right. Maybe the other guy that owns a business hasn't. Mm-hmm. Right. You've already done the fucking I walked around the frozen lake in Grand Prairie in minus 20 Celsius. Like, right. Like you die if you don't have a jacket. Right. And I did like an hour walk around the lake for cardio every Many fucking times. Morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Until eventually the snow melted and it got warmer. Like I started my prep in January and finished it in May. So it was like like. That's actually a crazy thought. Like by the end, you're walking that same thing in a, in a yeah a in a pair of shorts t-shirt or something. Yeah, no, pair, yeah. It's summer. May, May May was May was beautiful. I remember it. I was walking in like shorts and a tank top before the show shredded. You know? a, I, it's better to be shredded then than in January and no one can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you just like you you, you you know I remember I just remember enjoying th- knowing that I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what it meant and not knowing if it was any more than just a motivational mantra. But, right. but you know, I look back on it and I'm like, oh, that was one of the things that I really like. Like, I like that feeling. So I'd be doing my walk and I'd be thinking like, thinking oh, the, the difference is here. Like, this is the difference. You know, it's yeah, pouring yeah. fucking rain, right? So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the stuff. Like, when you think, you know, what do you miss at competing? It's like, that's sort of like, it's a rush to be like incredibly obsessed with something. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. You know, you know it's like a, a good feeling. It's like, you know, something that's like, you know, I don't know. Some people might not like that, that feeling. Maybe they don't like being obsessed with stuff that like freaks them out or something, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I, I used yeah. that word one time with a client actually with, uh, with his wife. And I was like, well now, now we can get obsessive, you know? And then she got mad at me. Like I could tell in her response that obsessed was a bad word. Right. Course, like any good person, I should have not said anything else, but instead I was like, What do you mean? <laughs> Here we go. We're doing we're doing this, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because I, I look at it different. Like, I don't know anyone who's who's excellent at anything that's not obsessive, whether it's being the best fucking soccer mom the world has ever seen, or Elon Musk, they're obsessive. The right. greatest mothers I know are obsessive. You know what I mean? Right. Business owners, bodybuilders, they're all a little bit not quite there. Um, and that's why, like you said, as soon as you got done with bodybuilding, where am I going to put this? Because you know you can't be normal now. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, okay, <laughs> like, you, gotta do you don't check right back out and be like, cool, nine to five, and no one will know we're on part low, and it'll be fine. Like, that doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, yeah. So like, I, I remember the, I remember the feeling it was before we opened the gym. Mm-hmm. I remember I was working full time at mutant yep. and I was like still kind of, I was rehabbing my leg mm-hmm. and, um, and I was starting to think like, fuck, I wonder if I'm even going to compete again. Cause I was 40 by that point. I was 41 right. and I was like, ah, I might not even compete again, but I wasn't sure. And I was still training really hard, but I just remember like once we decided to open the gym i just remember like life just made sense again like Mm -hmm. because i was like sort of just wandering and sort of just repeating 
my routine because I didn't know how to change it. Right. So I was like, what the fuck? Do I keep eating to get bigger or is my leg going to be okay? Like, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, I was just, it was just one of those periods of time. But then as soon as I like something like happened, it was like, yeah, you had a new, you new know, thing, new projection, a new thing to force work at. And I was like, oh, that's what I, oh shit. Okay. And then, you know what the funny thing is that? that most people don't realize is also too, like sometimes you don't realize, I think some bodybuilders don't realize how big of a thing competing was. Right. So maybe when they're done competing, they think, oh, I have to put something else in my life to fill the hole. And they put something this big. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, I'm just going to get a new little hobby. And they do it yeah. for like a couple hours a week. And then they're still losing their minds. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. You got to fill like a giant hole with something like you have to yeah, get on yeah. something that you possibly can't manage. Like right. <laughs> you've trained, you've trained yourself to have these, like these things that encompass your entire life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you don't realize it, but until you do something else that does that level of like stimulation, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I love that. It's funny because I I had some people obviously because I, I made the announcement that I was the mute and I were going separate directions, mm-hmm. and an immediate response with people was, "Are you starting your own company?" And I laughed because I don't uh, tinker. So like, if I was going to start my own company, I would quit bodybuilding, and right. I would focus on the biggest and the best in the industry and beating them. Right. You're not going to do what I'm doing and start a company because you can't. I mean, you can, but you're not going to be obsessive. You can either be a mediocre bodybuilder and a mediocre business owner or really, really good at one of the two. But you don't want to be a guy who's bodybuilding full time, running a training business. Oh, and then trying to build a company on the side, competing with people who are working 16 hours a day just to be the best supplement company there is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually told, uh, Michael, the uh, owner of Condemn Labs, I ended up signing with that story, and he laughed because he knows I've owned business and stuff, and it's like, you don't tinker and do something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You know, <clears throat> not make yeah. a mark, that's for sure. So, you know, I was I was <clears throat> waiting for you to bring this up, but congratulations on, you know, on, uh, signing with another company. Yeah, it sounds like it's a really good deal for you, and 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 it's a testament, Dusty, Um you know, the fact that you had a contract with Mutant for so long and the fact that you had and before that you were with iForce for, for what, five years, seven years with iForce, seven. Yeah. So and so your reputation is obviously following you around. Right. And allowing you continued opportunity. So all the people who go, how do I get a sponsor? Why am I not sponsored? And he's sponsored. How come mm-hmm. I this and that? You know what I mean? Um, look at the level of dedication and consistency you put into your social media. Um, the Obviously, the consistency in the training. Like when people look at your brand, they see mm-hmm. reliable, consistent, hardworking, no bullshit. You know what I mean? Like you've, yeah. you've branded yourself well by being consistent and following your own uh, like – you, like your brand's obviously not fake because right. that's actually what you're like, you know, whereas right. some people are pre, are presenting a fake brand. But eventually over time, the people that actually work with them know that that's not the real them. Yeah. 
and word gets out and you're less valuable. Mm -hmm. And I could think of dozens of people who have had these amazing, well, dozens, I'm just talking about ones I know personally, there'd be millions of them, but people who you look at on Instagram, you're like, man, this guy's an animal. Yeah. Fucking doing these crazy shit. And he's so strong and holy fuck. And his brand is all like, you know, dedication and fucking never let anyone down and all that stuff. And then you talk to the people that he used to work with and you're like, why didn't you resign that guy? And they're like, oh, he was never on time and he was fucking lazy and he was <laughs> yeah, fucking everything the opposite of his brand. <laughs> yeah, he badmouthed the boss and he did this and he got drunk at a company party and fucking like and you're like, oh, because when I look at him on Instagram, he's a fucking machine. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, that's something that catches up to people over time. So, you know, be aware of that, all you people out there that want to get sponsored someday. Yeah, what's well, been cool, too, because what that's part of the part of what I was looking forward to with this is uh, I'm coming on, obviously, for myself. Um, but then also I get a few extra golden tickets that I've always wanted. Um, I get to have a say in some of the future product uh, products. There's certain things, as you know, uh, even with Mutant, that I that I really wanted to see go through um, that didn't. And now these things will be pushed through. Um, and then the other thing is working with the athletes. Uh, he actually has a great team of very good bodybuilders, good athletes uh, at Condemned. Um, but most of them don't know how to do social media or how right. to market themselves or how to present themselves. So it'll be easy to take their careers to another level. Um, and, and I'm, I've been allowed to just do this. Like, I don't have to right. be filtered or say, Hey, can I say this? He's like, here's the emails. Do what you do. Right. You know, okay, which cool. is really fun. So, I mean, I think we're going to have some household names out of guys that should already be that way, uh, that aren't yet that are just, just need basic little tweaks. I mean, guys that are going to really, uh, be, be well known. Um, so it's exciting to kind of be able to. You know, I'm like the old fucker coming at the end being like, okay, youngster, let me, let me help yeah, you yeah. here because you're a much better bodybuilder than I was. So we add what I do to what you do and who knows, you know, should yeah. be fun. That's cool. No, I'm looking forward to seeing, plus I'm looking forward to just getting back on the road eventually. Oh shit. That's what I was telling uh, George and, and all them. I'm like, well, at least now I know we're going to run into each other once we're out there again. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you got some questions. I've got a million questions the i'm i'm seriously so thankful for the amount of like i did three of these last week and it's awesome that people keep coming back and want to add more you know it's it's definitely good okay boom i'm starting off with a good one right out the gate and it's the very first question okay what's one thing that motivates you to train hard on the days when you don't feel it 100 percent Uh, that's a good question because I'm not really sure the answer. I don't know. It's like, um, I mean, I have workouts where, where I, I am real tired and there's a lot on my mind and I haven't had enough time to like focus before the workout, mm-hmm. but I was fucking, you know, I was training pretty damn hard, I think. And I, uh, I think that I, I, I require that level of intensity in order to be like hormonally and, and, um, what's the stuff in your brain? 
just you know all the receptors in your brain okay um neurotransmitters you know all that stuff <laughs> right. i think that like it's like it's like an addict who needs a giant hit it's like mm-hmm. I, I can't get what i need unless i kind of punish myself right and then i get that right then I get the neurotransmitters I'm looking for and I get the endorphin rush I'm looking for. Right. And now I feel good. And now I can be a human for another 24 to 48 hours without <laughs> losing my mind. And, you know, so that's like the stress release and the the, the endorphins and, and all the stuff that go with, you know, my obsessive requirement to do something every day that's physically difficult. Um, I think that's probably just what it is. If I don't go hard, I just don't get what I need. It's probably it's probably a it's probably a chemical feedback loop at this point that is that <laughs> I actually believe that 100 percent. like like I've done it so many fucking times that it's just become like a, an addiction of them on the, the brain level. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I totally. Get that. Totally. Get that. I think that's the thing, too, is if people can um, don't allow yourself to talk yourself out of a workout just because you're not feeling it right away. Yeah, uh, I've had times where. And I'm very good at leaving everything that doesn't belong in the gym out. Like, I don't know what it is, like a veil. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. When I walk into a gym, I literally don't think about yeah. anything negative when I'm training. It just doesn't happen. But I do have days where you get there and you're like, you know, you're like, all right, Dust, come on. You got to get this going today. You know what yep, I mean? Yep, Versus yep. the days you kick the fucking front door in. But what I have found is, and I'm, I'm not being hardcore, I'm being literal. Once the pain hits from something you wake up like yeah. on leg days. I always start with adductors um, because it's a little mindless, but I mean, they're brutal. You know, yeah, when yeah, you're doing yeah, a, yeah. a rest pause set of adductors with a negative. When I get done, I'll, there's been many times where I've been a little sluggish and that, I get done with those. I'm like, all right, we're ready to go now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that wake up exercise. I know what you mean. Yep. I know what you mean. And, and there's something about the pump too. Oh, yeah. Like uh, the other day we trained back and I had a long day at the gym and there was a whole bunch of stuff to deal with. And and I like lost track of time and I literally looked looked at the clock and I'm like, oh, fuck, Braden's going to be here in like a minute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really get mentally ready for this one. I guess I got to go train. And like we walked out and I just remember like I had already thought of a couple exercises earlier that I wanted to do, but I had no mental like it wasn't like revved up. But um, as soon as we got going on the pull downs yep. and the lot started filling up with blood, I was like, ah, OK, here we go. <laughs> and then, you know, after that, it was like it's just funny, you know, it put pull you out of a pull you out of any funk. I agree. You know, that's sort of the, the feedback that you get. There's lots of times where my whole day is kind of stressful. Mm-hmm. Like I might not be that, you know, I'm a little bit ah, fuck kind of like with 10 things that day and then. We'll train at five and from five to 11, I am like euphorically fucking happy and nice to everyone. You know, <laughs> your staff wish home. you would train in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. They want me there. I say, yeah, exactly. Hey, eh? <laughs> get that fuck clean up, fuck clean up, go train. Hey everybody, take a break. Hi, you know? <laughs> no, no, it's not like that, but it's just how I feel. Some, some days I feel like that. Right. Not even. So yeah, it's a, that's a good question though. Absolutely. I don't know. Need it. It's not even a it's not even a want at this point. It's like a needed. You know? I definitely feel that. 
Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. What do you got? Okay. Um, tips and advice for someone breaking into the personal trainer industry. So much to say here. Yeah, as I say, my, my list is long, um, but here's the biggest one. Uh, become an expert. Do not, I am a firm believer that too many personal trainers, online trainers do just enough to check the box of kind of technically maybe being qualified. Um, you need to be obsessive about your knowledge uh, and, and really become excellent because that's a question I get all the time. How do you get more clients? I'm like, be an expert. Right. They find you. They find you. Uh, because there are so many people that do what we do, but because we don't have a, outside of getting some certifications, everyone knows like there's a difference in an NASM and an ACE certification. You know, right. do you want to knock out your certification in five minutes or do you want to read this 400 page book and be ready to rock? Cause they're very, very different, you know? Um, right. so that's big. And then once you're in there, I have a few like just pet peeve things that I think will set you apart and make you money is your client's goals are your goals. You have to be obsessive about their goals. When I see trainers sitting down or on their phone or telling the client about their physique and their bodybuilding, I want to throw up in my mouth. Right. I'm, like if I got done with that, I'd be like, oh, so I paid you an 80 an hour, right? Yeah. Okay. And we talked about you for 20 minutes. So that's 33%. Right, I'm going to knock that off of the 80 bucks. Here's what I owe you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, it should be all about them and you're in their set, you know? And I yeah. know a lot of people understand the fact that as a personal trainer, half of your clients don't want to kill themselves. They're just kind of getting a workout in, but I'm telling you, even at that level, if you are in their workout with them, your retention will be awesome. I had a waiting list for every day of my training life uh, in person, except for the first two weeks. Right. And the problem was I never lost clients. So it was almost impossible for the waiting list to even work. Right. You know, but it was because of those things. It was obsession with, with being the best I could be for them. You know, I, I'm enjoying taking, I, I take some of my clients that live like around the gym Mm -hmm. I take some of them through, through workouts, not right. a lot. I don't have a lot of time to book them. I, I, I book, you know, very, very few sessions, but, um, but yeah, but I, I, I like it. And you know what they, it, it's, they get so much out of, some of them get so much out of just one session. Oh yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, take all the stuff we did for chest today. And I want you to do that all on leg day. Yep. So like the same tempo counts. The same, like, remember that rest pause said we did, said we did, okay, do that on a leg press, you know what I mean? And, and then, you know, you eventually get around to doing legs with them. Right. But, but as you go, you, you, you make sure you kind of, you know, let them know. And like this principle we're doing on this set right now, you can do this on all these other exercises too, you know, like kind of 
give them that knowledge of how it's layered, you know? Well, you teach them intensity too. I mean, yeah. I mean, how the hell I've sent you four or five of my clients to train. Um, and their physiques, even if they only train with you a couple times, immediately are better because they take what the intensity and all the things you taught them from those one or two workouts and they apply them in all their workouts. So I, I took a client of mine through a leg workout the other day mm-hmm. and he says legs are the sorest they've ever been in his entire life. Right. Do you want to know what the fancy workout was? <laughs> yes. Tell me all the things I've never heard of. <laughs> so he did, he did three working sets of extensions. Mm-hmm. One was a strip set. He did three, two to three. I'll give him credit for three work sets on the hack squat. Right. And he did two working sets on the leg press. Right. And his quads were the sorest they've ever been in his life. (laughs) So, I mean, there was nothing involved other than just tightening up form, stabilizing the body. Right. Because he was one of those guys, like, you know, some people kind of move around a lot during the set. Yeah. I'm like, okay, just lock in. Like, lock in. The only thing moving is your legs. Like, your upper body's locked in and rigid and your core is tight and you're bracing and you're yeah, kind of pulling. Feet are tight, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, even pulling down on the handles with the lats or pushing up with the shoulders or whatever you're doing to, like, lock in. Yep. And then, so, you know, so that was one of the things. And the rest was just, you know, pushing them to where the reps, you know, the, the range of perceived exertion hit a nine and I had to touch the frame a bit to get them up. Right. You know, there wasn't, like crazy anything but it was just locking in focusing on the muscle moving his feet a little bit and then just going hard yep so a lot of people they don't realize um what the emphasis should be on you know like Mm -hmm. we see people doing crazy exercises all the time we talk about this all the time but you know it's two hour workouts you know all this sort of stuff (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing, though. Had you written that workout and handed it to him, number one, he would have been disappointed uh, because it's not much of a workout. Uh, It would have been easy. He would not have been sore. You know what I mean? So I think that those are important things to factor into people because guaranteed after that workout, he knows what that is. But had you handed it to him on a sheet of paper, he'd be like, where's the other side? Cause I'm sure right. we're supposed yeah, to do yeah. more than this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's cool. And I, I like that. And I know that he's now, he's now armed with knowledge. Oh, for sure. Yeah, his chest you, day when, was better that week. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, and there's something, uh, there's something that feels good about, uh, arming someone with knowledge. Mm-hmm. So your personal trainer should be able to do that. So make sure that you are arming your clients with information. Here's a tip. Well, I don't know if it's a tip. It might be a, a terrible fucking business tip, but <laughs> a tip nonetheless. I I I actually want all my clients to eventually move on and do their own thing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of like you should have that intention that right. you want them to learn from you and get to know their body. I guess I'm talking about the contest prep people now at this point, like get to know their body, learn from you, all that sort of stuff, arm right. them with knowledge, you know? Yeah. So you should be able to explain stuff to people. Oh, dig it for sure. All right. Let's see here. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, 
it my turn? No. No? No, it's not. Hardest fact for you to realize about life or bodybuilding? Hardest fact? Yes. Huh. Kind of a realist, I guess. Like, I already know life's not fair. <laughs> I already what know. I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, I already know that, you know, the world is a vicious place and could, you know, get killed at any moment. I don't know. What's the hardest fact? Um, I guess, I guess, uh, geez, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> I jammed you because of the wording. It's difficult. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like I kind of accept that the world is a really rough place in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I never really had a hard time like wrapping my brain around any of that. I've never had a hard time with like death being the end. I've never had a hard time with really any of that stuff. It doesn't bother me, I guess. I guess I just understand that's the the reality. I'm very red pill, like, you know, the matrix. I, I'm very like, I'm very like, I'd rather live in like a dystopian reality where I could battle my oppressor than in a fake reality where I didn't know the truth. I think the thing I would say, which covers both realms, is that there's a misconception that people do you wrong or uh, things like that. What I found is really what you want to work on is controlling your your variables. So what I say is um, if I set up expectations for someone and they fail them, that's on me. Right. That's a good one. Because that's the deal is those are your expectations, not theirs. And right. I think the moment you can do that mentally and really commit to it, uh, nothing is personal anymore. Like when somebody, quote, fails me, I'm like, OK, maybe that was better for them. Like it literally, even if I feel like I got fucked over. OK, right. You know, it just and I think when you accept that, because in earlier in my life, I think because I'm a fighter in general, um, I want to fix them. I want them to realize they fucked up. I want to give them the glorious chance of apologizing. Right. And nobody gives a fuck. Right. So really, for me, what I've learned now is just go, okay, noted. And then that's mm-hmm. why also I can de- I can work with people who I don't respect or I don't whatever because I, I know what I see them as. So Ron Partlow could do a lot of damage to me that someone else couldn't do because you're in, I know who you are. You know what I mean? Right. So if you fall short, I'm like, Whoa, what the fuck? Like, right. wasn't, wasn't ready for that. But outside of the, you know, the five to 10 people that are in the inner circle for me, that's, that's the magic is realizing that your expectation is usually the problem. That's an awesome one. And it's, uh, I, I guess that sort of opens up a new way to look at the question. I wasn't really thinking that that's a great one. Uh, um, was it, I don't have expectations and you'll never be disappointed. Yep. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? And, um, yeah, also too, like, you know, I've had a few, a few points in my life where because of that, you also kind of run into the fact of, um, you, you know, that you're never going to change this person's mind, mm-hmm. even though your argument is perfectly rational. Yep. They do not see it that way. 
and it might be 20 years before you could ever have another conversation that might go anywhere, anywhere different. So you just have to walk away with them thinking you're a fucking idiot and you thinking, I can't believe this person doesn't understand what happened. Yep. You know what I mean? Because that used to really bother me. Like if something happened, I'd, I'd be like, fuck, I have to explain to this person what actually happened. They think this happened? No way. Right. And that would bother me. I'd be like, fuck, I can't believe they think that. Right. Like, and so I just like really try to fix it, you know, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. It's funny that we both kind of had that trait. But then there's a point in your life where you're like, oh, well, a certain amount of people are going to think you're a fucking asshole or a fucking idiot or yep. just not be able to see things your way. Yeah. Acceptance is a powerful thing. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. You're up. There you go. You froze for a sec, buddy. Um, okay. <laughs> Sample meal plan. I, I, I actually wanted to talk about this one just because I want to know like what you have to say. Cause we never discuss this shit. So because we never talk about bodybuilding actually, but go ahead. <laughs> sample meal plan, sample meal plan for vegans. And then he starts asking some technical stuff. I don't, I don't, well, not technical, but he's like six meals, two bean, two soy, two shakes. Is it okay? Like, you know, can I eat 500 grams of tofu a day? Mm-hmm. So obviously I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how much tofu you can eat without fucking, right. it's like getting mercury poisoning from tuna. Is there like a limit? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so, so let's just talk about vegan meal plans for a bit. Like what, what do you have to say about, about just. So I work with bodybuilding uh, vegan. I have four vegans I work with currently, uh, and what I did, rather than me taking the time to really delve in and, and force them on foods and things I wanted them to eat, I went the other route, and I taught them how to macro diet. Yes. So we went, I mean, I went really obsessive about teaching. This is how you do, because the thing about macros and the reason it fucks people up is because if I say your macros, just from math and the conversation, are 100 of everything, 100 carbs, 100 fat, 100 protein. If you're within two or three grams on the protein carbs and one or two on the fat, we're good. Uh, you're following my diet. If you're off by 20, you're not. Yeah. And that's the thing that you have to drive home with people with macros is for it to be successful, what, stick to them. what and typically what the majority of the people and I've done macros for years with clients, um, some of them, I do both, but they end up kind of putting themselves on a bro diet eventually because it's just easier to do a daily routine that they know. And then every now and then they're like, oh, shit, tonight we're going out to do to eat whatever. Let me go to that meal, you know, look at the macros from it and then reduce or add as needed on the other five meals. Um, and then as far as the meal number, there's nothing magic about six meals on any diet. It's just what we've always fallen back on. And the reason that I write them that way is it usually gives people a way to eat the food. Yeah. I couldn't eat all of my food in three meals. I just couldn't get it done. Right. right. You know, so it's not that five meals are magic or seven is magic. It's that, that many times of feeding allows me to get the food down without feeling like I'm going to die. Um, right. You know, so number of meals does not matter. Um, I would definitely look at macros. And I've had uh, huge 
very, very positive results with all of my clients that way. But I did find uh, about two years ago, I did write the plans, um, you know, bro style and hand them, here's your diet. And every single one of them ran into a wall faster than my um, meat eating clients where they didn't like my food anymore. Right. And that was a struggle because I'm like, if you want me to whip you up a diet real quick, normal, like literally just stay on the phone with me. I'll knock it out. Like, it's no problem. I had to actually do homework to re- like, I don't remember how, what's in a lentil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Half a cup of lentils or you know what I mean? Or 200 grand. Like, I don't know that. So it was just easier to work backwards and I've had great success. So if you truly believe in the vegan lifestyle and the bodybuilding, number one, forget about everything you ever did when, when, or if you were working with people that ate protein, whole food, protein sources, and just follow the macros. It'll, Mm -hmm. it'll be as close to the same as possible. I will say very openly, I have never in my entire life seen someone who went from eating whole food, protein sources, steak, chicken, that kind of stuff to vegan and their physique stay as good. Yeah. And then I've known, (laughs) I've known a couple people who were vegan bodybuilders Mm -hmm. and they looked great. Looked great. Awesome. Conditioned. Yep. Looked good. Holy shit, that guy's vegan. He looks great. And they started eating meat again. Uh, the, the one guy added eggs and fish back into his diet. Yep. And the other guy just went back to like chicken and turkey and everything. Yep. And they both got way bigger. Yep. And it was like, I remember talking to the one guy about it. He's like, yeah, it's like the macros aren't different, but something happened. And like, I'm again, Scientists might say there's no difference in the protein, but I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I think it's funny you say that because I run into that often. Maybe it's um, a saturated fat. Maybe they're not getting saturated fat from vegan foods. Like, who, like who knows what it is? You know what I mean? Because saturated fats are pretty, pretty important too. Like, yeah, just that's things you just can't reproduce. I mean, I say the same thing. Like, I tell people if you have to have shakes, that's okay. Like, they they got the they got the macros. But I will also tell you from my experience that when the majority of my diet went to whole food, I got better. Right. So, and again, macro to macro, science says that's bullshit and it doesn't work that way. Well, it's kind of like the old, uh, you know, bodybuilders with, with f- you know, fish and greens. It's the same. It is. But for some reason, when you make that switch, your skin turns into cellophane. For me, it was egg whites. I you do know, lots of yeah, egg whites. You yeah, know? same idea. Just get That's that I mean. fat down extra low. And people are like, but that, that, you know, you shouldn't have to have your fat that low or whatever. I'm like, eh, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, trust. All, all I could say is look. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Those are the factors to look at. And, you know, um, actually, Azaria had done that. She had went to vegan from regular. Her physique changed drastically. Um, and then I remember I saw her on one trip up to see you. And I was like, oh, I saw your, 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 um, you're back. And she was like, well, I added in fish. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. I know a few people. That's exactly the same story. And I mean, it was, it was drastic where I was like, oh, you're competing again. Could be so much better. And she goes, no, I just added fish. I'm like, right. There you go. There you go. It's my turn. And by the way, I totally agree with you. I had, uh, I've, I've had several vegan clients that have done very, very well. And I just let them macro their food. Right, Because it was like, they're vegan bodybuilders. They're already kind of health obsessed. 
Mm-hmm. So the threat of them using Oreo cookies for all their carbs and fats is probably not. <laughs> yeah, you're concerned that that's going to happen. Not really a concern, you know. So every once in a while, I just say, send me some pictures of your meals and tell me what they are. Right. <laughs> What's in that? <laughs> <laughs> what exactly am I looking at? Okay, yeah, here's yeah. one. Uh, three pros that you would love to train with this year. Oh, this year? Yes. Oh. Um, well, how about Flex Lewis at his new gym in Vegas? Yes. There you go. I'll throw that, that was, one out. That I was blindsided by and didn't even realize he was moving until he was there. Yeah, that was <laughs> funny. I was talking to him on Instagram. He's like, he's like, now you're way closer. And I was like, yes, I am. I'm definitely closer now. He's like four hours away now. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say that. Um, good luck with your shoulders and your knee, by the way, Flex. Um, geez, who else? Um, let me just think here. Fuck. <laughs> How about Dusty Hanshaw? For old time's sake. There we go. At Dino's. Imagine if we got to train at Dino's this year. Can we just go train back at Dino's one? I know I'm afraid to ever train happen, back right? in that gym because no, I, know. I don't know if that workout will ever get topped. <laughs> no, no. I, I definitely can't do the same exercises next time. Um, huh, let's see. Okay. And uh, you know what? How's this? A retirement. Let, let's, uh, I want to like have a, like, uh, a chess day with Cutler. There Couple you go. Tired guys. I'll crack a few <laughs> jokes, get them laughing between sets. There you go. Roll that, that through. I that'd be it. a good year for me. I'm not going to say Akeem because I don't want to like slow him down. <laughs> <laughs> we take all the plates off for my set. Yeah, that's, that's actually a factor you have to you, you look at now that your your goals have changed. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. Now, who would it be? All right. Now I'm I'm changing the question because that's my question because I can do this. Um. You're in your prime, and you could train with anyone minus the normals. Who would it be? You know, because you've trained with me a million times. So okay. you got to train with someone, even somebody you've never trained with or whatever, or only a couple times. Who would they be? In your peak, and you're trying to get fucking huge. Who do you? I want to go train with Holly's head again. Uh huh. And uh, I want to go train with. I want to have fly Ian Valera out to have a workout at my gym. Nice, love it. There you go. And uh, go down and uh, smash one out with Hunter. There you go. There you I go. I like that. Because those are all guys. Those train are, their asses off. Yeah, those guys are all good dudes, too. So, you know, you can go for food after and have some laughs. So that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> it's and always again, about the food. Yeah. It's, it's, again, it's, you know, it's, it's the camaraderie and stuff like that. And, uh, and that, would be a, that would be a pretty good uh, three-stop workout tour. Yeah, you I bet. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think that those would be sick too because you know damn well you could you could have one of the best workouts of your life with all three of them. Oh yeah, be a and lot vice versa because yeah, you yeah. know how that works. I mean, we've all had those. I mean, just like the, all the trips we've done, I think people would be amazed if they knew how nasty some workouts have been following twelve-hour days in foreign countries and training. Less than our usual gyms sometimes, and just yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the the wackiness that can take place. Looking, at, I always love being at the gym, and you and I are getting after it. Then you look over, and you got, you know, a bunch of other well-known freaks. It's just like the energy in a room gets ridiculous at those events. You, you know who else I'd, I'd I'd love to have another workout with? 
We, we had it. We had a great one together one time. It was fucking one of those no energy Sunday night after FIBO workouts. You know, the ones <laughs> right. you and I've done it. You and I've done them yes. a bunch of times. And I trained. I, I, I'd like to have uh, anyways. I trained with Fuad once like that. Right. And uh, I think it'd be fun to train with Fuad again because, you know, he's he's a little banged up, too. So it'd be fun. <laughs> He'd still kick my ass yeah, on the I- legs, though. I, I, just, I don't think that most people realize, though, too, like, and I know you've seen it a million times, like Kai at these events. He'll get there. He'll do 30 or so minutes of walking. Then he'll stretch. Yeah. And then he'll go blast out a two-hour fucking workout that never ends that's ridiculous. Then yeah. he'll do cardio after. I remember talking to Adam when he used to be going with him everywhere, and he's like, yeah, we'll be here for about four hours tonight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? He goes, oh, yeah, it's the same routine as at home. Just happens to start at 11 p.m. instead. Right, right. You know, and thinking about, like, what Kai's days were looking like back then, you know, 10 hours nonstop signing, talking, signing, talking. You know what I mean? It it makes you think, like, there's got to be amphetamines involved. (laughs) (laughs) I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I don't want him to be able to do it natural and be that much better. How are you still here? How are you still focused? Yeah. Breathing. You know? Good job. Oh, man, that's funny. Okay, that was a good question. That was a good question. Okay. Um, so this guy is on a push-pull leg split. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he's having really big recovery issues. He's natural and he's dieting and he's having some problems and he's like do can i train every other day is this what i need to do is it possible that he might have to do an every other day push pull leg split to properly recover it might be um and the thing is is i think that what's funny is the fear that he's having is that he's not training enough but that's going to put him at four days a week you know four three four three um but I, I think you base every decision is based on how your body reacts. So I wouldn't be afraid to go over that and I would watch what happens. He might get better. Um, the other thing is, is when someone's that beat up on push pull legs, I think they got too much volume in that workout. I just could pretty well guess because he's probably training with the most ridiculous intensity and he's got a little too much in it. Right. Like he's because doing two-hour push-pull leg workouts. Like he's two-hour chest, shoulders, tri-workouts, yeah, two-hour back Yeah, and he's actually training that long. Because that's why yeah. I think most people don't realize is, you know, yeah, when I, I do a push-pull leg, you see the videos and it's like, holy shit. But I bet on a, like on a pole day, I'm probably actually moving maximum weight for 10 minutes. Right. The Total entire minutes, workout, yeah. 10 minutes, maybe. You know what I mean? And I think that's where things get missed is, it's what you need to be focusing on in that kind of training is what you're doing in those working sets. And like you just listed with that leg workout, that was right. seven sets total mm-hmm. in an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so factor that in. Um, that would be my, my guess. But yeah, I have no issue at all with them doing it every other day. Okay. Okay. You, you got one lined up? I have a million lined up. It's been quite – everyone was nice to me. They made the choices pretty easy. I've got um, a few good ones right here. All right, good. Um, but 
you have to answer this one on your own, so I don't get mad. Uh, sixth week into a bulk. Can I do a mini cut for four weeks, dropping bulking gear and using cutting gear and dropping calories? Well, I really hate the bulking gear, cutting gear reference. And um, so uh, w- what was the first part? The, the bulking gear, cutting gear stuff, I, I stopped my brain after you heard yeah, it. No, so he's, he's six weeks into a bulk. And he wants okay. to know if he can do a four-week mini cut now. There's just a lot wrong with this. Only, yes. Okay. <laughs> First of all, six weeks isn't a bulk. Six months is a bulk. Yep. <laughs> Secondly, I hate the term bulk. Yep. Um, you're trying to add muscle by allowing a calorie surplus mm-hmm. to a certain degree. You're trying to g- gain muscle. Um I don't like to use the term bulk anymore because I feel people, it takes their brain in a, the wrong direction. That's like saying you want to lose weight. I like to, I tell people yeah. no, you want to lose fat. If you're dieting every six weeks for four weeks, that's, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, do the math gonna, on how long it's going to take to put on any size. You're not going to accumulate any size. You got to eat and train heavy and, and, uh, and just push. Like, like I tell people, my first bulk was seven years long. Right. And I went from 137 pounds to 265 pounds. Right. And then I competed with strided glutes at 230. Right. Because you put so, on real tissue, too, with that amount of time. Now, are you a believer in somewhat in set points, meaning in order to not easily lose muscle mass, you need to have it for a while? Yes. The longer you have muscle on your body, the more, like, solidified it becomes, the right. more, like, structurally sound it is i think you know that you know how they say you know structural muscle and you know uh cell volume muscle and all that stuff yeah the longer you have it i think the i mean that's just sort of evidenced by you know retired guys that keep their muscle really easily in a lot of cases just by training and eating good um i know some pros shrink down to nothing but they a lot of them stop training completely right like you mm-hmm. know I mean, Dorian didn't lift weights for like a few years or he just did yoga, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like there's lots of that, but people have all these misconceptions. Some guys lose weight because they want to lose weight. So they, that's their they, goal. They like, yeah, I, I know bodybuilders that have turned vegan and stopped training. So, of course, they lost all their size. But for the most part, muscle you've had on your body longer is easier to keep. Yeah. So you got to eat like six weeks is not long enough to, I mean, like, well, it's not even long enough to to see results. I mean, yeah, no. Are your I, pictures I any different? When, yeah, I hate when people, because I get asked that. In fact, I had a guy like, I had someone ask me recently, what's a great like a big goal for putting on muscle mass in a year? And I said, twelve pounds. Twelve pounds of true muscle in a year is a great goal. Right. Um, and I immediately had someone uh, respond back to that and say, twelve pounds. I put on thirty in a month. And I'm like, uh, right. We're talking about something different. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so that's the key. Cause I mean, if you were to put on two pounds of real tissue in six weeks, I'd be stoked out of my mind for you. Oh, that, I mean, I'd assume you were kind of a newbie too. Yeah. So, so why on earth would it be time to diet? Yeah. So yeah, go, you, you, you're up. Okay. Uh, 
What do you think are the main bullshit stereotypes, the biggest bullshit stereotypes about bodybuilders that you've come across? And how do you think that's changed over the years? Um, well, I'm being cautious because this is somewhat accurate for a few. Um, but I First of all, the- all, all stereotypes are sort of motivated by at least a decent percentage of that population actually behaving right. that way. Yeah. So <laughs> what I would say is that uh, the bodybuilders are uh, dumb and just me eat food, me lift weights. Um, the amount of, I hate to use this word, but the amount of science that is in bodybuilding is ridiculous. The amount of, of actual thought that good bodybuilders, good coaches put into how do we make this happen is, is very, very high. Um, so I think a lot of people just don't understand the, the amount of knowledge it takes to do this at a right. high level. And it, I think that that is driven home by the fact that there are so many douchebag bodybuilders. And as we all know, um, if a hundred people compliment you today on something, but two people are ruthless in some way, you think about the two. Yeah. So I think what happens in life is someone may meet a Ron Partlow or a Flex Lewis and have a good, really good hit on who a bodybuilder is, but then they meet that one fucking douche that just sits in their mind and he's stupid and, you know, basically all the stereotypes and then that's yeah. what drives them home so yeah that'd be my biggest one though is that bodybuilding is somehow a meathead sport that's why i joke i'll say meathead moment um because good bodybuilders are typically not meatheads right yeah i would agree that that's a big one um my buddy joked one time he's like man guys with good arm genetics that get in bar fights ruin it for all of us (laughs) because Because they look like bodybuilders because, you know, the guys with good arm genetics will wear the tight T-shirts to the bar. And maybe they just they they don't even train legs, but they train arms and then they get hammered and they get in a fight. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I saw some bodybuilder get in a fight. Yeah. It's like that guy's not a bodybuilder. (laughs) Jesus. Fuck. I see that guy at the gym. I see that guy at the gym. He's just an an idiot. He barely knows what he's doing. He just has good arm genetics. Right. (laughs) He's like a big fucking, you know, I've seen that so many times. Like, you know, he benches. He's got a decent upper body. No back, no legs. Yeah, this bodybuilder asshole. I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Use that term properly, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's a big one. Um, Another one, too, is like the lazy thing. Um. Yes, there are some very lazy bodybuilders out there. Right. I will definitely put it. But there's lazy people everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's lazy people that have really good office jobs and they're just sitting there on YouTube all day long doing fucking nothing. You yeah. know, there's all sorts of lazy people. Um, but I think some bodybuilders get misinterpreted as lazy because bodybuilding seems to the people who do bodybuilding like me, like you, we seem to be able to not care about so many other things. Right. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think like I've had people say, Oh, all you do is go to the gym. Right. And I'm like, well, no, that's not all I do. I just structure my day around it being a really important thing. And it's a priority. Right. But you're under the impression that, 
I just like nap the rest of the day. It's a really long nap before the gym. You know what I mean? So there's like that type of thing. Um, I remember, you know, all those years I worked in the bar, I used to go to bed at like 4 a.m. Right. And I would get up at noon. So I would sleep eight hours. Yeah. Like a good bodybuilder should. Yep. And I struggled my whole life with people joking. They're like, oh, yeah, well, you fucking sleep till noon. You don't have to worry about You don't fucking do anything. And I'm like, I sleep eight hours. Right. Same as you. (laughs) I don't sleep 12 fucking hours. Right. Or, you know, I don't go to bed at 10 and get up at noon. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm working on my laptop at 3 a.m. Right. when you're in bed. Like, it's just a different lifestyle. So th- that one kind of like bothers me because, you know, sometimes I found I'm like, fuck, are they looking at me when they're saying lazy? You right. know what I mean? So, <laughs> so yeah. That's funny, actually. I, I can totally see that, though, because people view only what they see. I know I get that sometimes people will tell me like, man, it's, it's so hardcore that you go to the gym at 4am back when I owned the stores. I was like, Oh no, it's just cause it's the only time I can go. Right. <laughs> like there's, there's no time that makes it more efficient or more hardcore or you're more dead serious. Right. Keep your training in whenever that is, you know? And now, now it's, I'm in the spot where it's like wherever I feel optimal. So I'm the, I'm the reverse of hardcore now. <laughs> Like, right. The opposite. You know, yeah. Now, now it's like whenever I feel the best, that's when I go to the gym, you know? Okay. Your turn. Is it me? Is it me? Okay. I got, Boom. I got another good one in the, in, the, in the wings. Fire right now then. Cause I'm looking. Okay. Have either of you had someone, cause we've spoken about this before, but have you actually had someone in your life that was trying to discourage you from bodybuilding enough that ties had to be cut? I have not. Interesting. Yeah, I actually have not. I've never had anybody. Um, I've had somebody that uh, thought it was a lot, but I think people who know me would understand that that wouldn't work. Right. Like, cause I mean, you know me. All kidding aside, like I do what I do in every aspect of my life. Um, so you're definitely not going to convince me I need to stop doing something. <laughs> right. Okay. How about you? Um, pretty much the same. I don't remember anyone being unsupportive to the point where I had to remove them from my life. It just never happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know if maybe is that is that luck or is that because you already sort of sniffed out that trait in those people before you let them into your life, even before bodybuilding. I think I think it's the latter because it's, I have the same thing with training partners. Training partners are impossible to find good ones. I've always had a good training partner. Right. Like every every training partner I've had has been absolutely awesome. I haven't always mm-hmm. had one. Yeah. But, but you when know, you do, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing. Like either you lit. I mean, at this point in my life, no one even approaches that isn't ready. Um, but early on, it would be a it'd be a conversation. And I think yeah. that's the other thing is you don't. Some people don't have these conversations. Like if I were to, if I'm out at dinner with a girl now and I'm a single guy, I'm covering this. Hey, this is my fucking life. So if you don't, if that doesn't work for you, you know, enjoy dinner. Let's have a good laugh and let's, we don't need to do this anymore. Right. You know, like we wouldn't bang on the way out though. Yeah. We wouldn't, we wouldn't get to the point. I got to show what we were doing, but, uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> you wouldn't get to the point where it was an issue. Right. That'd be covered so quickly. I mean, I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't do. And all of my successful friends that are single, like first date, if it's even going remotely well, all of a sudden they're just tossing shit on the table. I don't want children. I want this. <laughs> Anything. How do you feel about these things? No. All right, cool. Well, let's get some dessert. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've gone over that before the first date, the questions that have to be asked. Yeah, you just I mean, I'm serious, though, because people don't. And I'm like, well, then why would you drag it off? If I met a girl, she was like, I want five kids. I'm like, well, yeah, good luck like, with that. That's so gonna be awesome. Yeah. Is, you know, how so many how of those you, kids do I count as like all five of them? And of, course, mature. and of course, you, you don't even have to discuss whether they're into ass stuff or not, because you've already gone over that in the Instagram DMs. But yeah. Like, why did you even DM me if you're not? We covered the butt stuff already. Let's talk about the life things now. Are you into the, you want to get a bunch of, you going to want a bunch of kids? <laughs> That's so sad because it's actually accurate. At this point, if anybody would reach out, I'm like, how did you not know that? I put it out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. You didn't see the butt sex memes? <laughs> Do you remember when Luke talked about that? Somebody, he was like, at this point, how would they not know? How would they not know? You imagine <laughs> the shock? <laughs> He's You're putting out butt sex memes just every day, just pounding your Instagram with butt sex memes. And you meet this chick and she tells you how funny you are, how hilarious your memes are. You're such a funny dude. Ha, ha, ha. You go out, you have a great time. Then you go to do it. And then she's like, oh, no, no, I'm not into that. (laughs) See, even Jed's pissed. He's pissed. Amazon's at the door. Like, how could you not have been on the same page as this? You said my memes were funny. You said I was funny. Oh, you thought I was kidding. That's where things get thrown off right yeah, there. I thought they were all just jokes. <laughs> okay, here we go. Lose both of your legs or both of your arms. Go. Oh, legs. Yeah, it wasn't even hard for me either. I was like, yeah, that's, 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 that's an easy question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, not even a question. I mean, so many things you can still do that way. Yeah. Be a hard go the other way. Yo, especially, at, I mean, at our age, because I have a, uh, there's a, a lady here, Barbie, that uh, has no arms. And she, I believe it's since she was a kid. So she 100% can do everything I can do probably better with just legs and feet. Um, but yeah, come on. I'd yeah. be, com- I would be helpless. Oh, I just play video games, jerk off, lift weights all day. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, you you can't like like arms. I mean, literally, don't get me wrong. It'd be a huge change in your life, but you're totally functional. It just takes away the things you do there. I, I'd have to learn how to operate a fork. Yeah, yeah. Flexible. Yeah. How's it coming anywhere near my face? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not a, that's not a tough one for me, but uh, I had to ask because I was like, that seems easy. <laughs> it's not coming anywhere near my face. Yeah. Here's one. Um, what is your it's I, I like I like how this is worded because I'm not sure how you're going to take it. But what is your be- biggest fear during your workout? I'll just let you take that and do whatever you do with it. It's so bad. OK, so I, I have a, I have one. Well, I have many, but I have one huge weakness is in the gym. fear of smelling. 
No, thank God. I've, I've, I know I don't smell. So we're good. There. No, we've gone over that already. Smell like mahogany. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> Leather no, and tobacco. You know what it is, is that, uh, that I will be in the gym I'm at now that I'll be too close to someone who's blamoring bullshit that's incorrect to either oh. their client or training partner. Cause you because, have a bad habit. Well, and I, then I'm in this jam cause I'm now number one, I'm now listening to the ridiculousness. And fortunately for me, I can turn the switch on and off. So like when I grab a bar, I'm good to go. But, I, but Tommy gets to watch this happen on the regular. And then I have a moral debacle where I want to step in and save this situation. But right. I'm also not looking to add any more friends. I got three. We're maxed out. Waiting list is already at two. I, I don't need this. Then it becomes a thing. They're bringing me questions all the time. Yeah. So that is my greatest fear in the gym is right. that situation right there where you're like, <clears throat> which happened yesterday. Okay. Had a guy had a guy who decided because the incline benches, the uh, uh, over by the dumbbells were um, being used that he would use the one that's set up in the Smith, but actually do his curls in there and all these other things. And so I needed to actually use the Smith. Right. And he's just sitting in the Smith yeah. doing curls with dumbbells. Yeah. yeah. And then standing up and doing stuff and very much. So I said, uh, Hey, like it's a stretching rack. Yeah. I was like, I need to use the Smith. And he was like, okay. And I was like, and the bench. Cause it's for here. He's right. like, yeah, the, the other ones were, the other ones were being used. I said, cool. Yeah. They're, they're not anymore. Right. Can I, can I help you take your stuff over or whatever? And you could see the look of like, I was the gym bully. And I'm like, I can't move the Smith machine to those benches. Right. But you can move your shit to those benches that are now open and everyone's a winner. And I just remember like thinking this guy thinks I'm an asshole. Right. You even like, hey, I'll carry your stuff for you. Yeah. Like I was like trying to make sure like, hey, I sorry to interrupt you. I know this is fucked up, but or I could sit here for 20 more minutes while you do whatever this fucking because he was still using it when I got over there for my next thing. And I just remember thinking like. Logic is a weird thing. Right. And then you look <laughs> like a gym bully. Yeah. And I, of course, it's it's me and fucking Tommy walk around like I'm an asshole, but I'm not a bully like. I'll wait for two hours if all the equipment's being used. It's on me, you know? <laughs> That's just right, like, right, right, right. This sucks. So, yeah, I felt that little pain. I'm trying to be nice. But the thing is, you know what happens when in the beginning you feel a little bad? Then they get really stupid. And now he's just a fucking idiot. And I don't care anymore. <laughs> because he literally took these. So, he had the hexagon dumbbells that don't even go where the other ones are. And he yeah. carried them over to where he was using them by the bench. Then, when he walked away, he left them on the floor. And my gym is my gym. So I'm like, uh, hey, I go to Tommy. I'm like, is he done with these? So Tommy goes over and goes, hey, uh, don't forget to put your dumbbells back. Oh, I wasn't using those. Tommy's like, well, we actually watched you pick them up and take them from the Smith and over there. No, no, wasn't using those. I'm like, Tommy, it's good. We're going to put his 20s back. Right. It's fine. Right. So, right, yeah. Right. I'm trying not to be too possessive because if I actually own the gym, that would be simple. But come with me. We'd watch the record and I go, cool. You don't train here anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> don't be a fucking douche. Put your shit back. I put every single thing back. 
Yeah. When somebody leaves something, I'm beyond here. Especially right now. They'll fucking spit shine the machine and then leave two plates on it. I'm like, I'd rather you put the plates back. I'll clean it before I sit down if I want to. Right, right. That's Your funny. ass swass means nothing to me, but those weights on there, that pisses me off. Okay, go ahead. Whew, I'm okay. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> um, I forgot which one I was going to ask because you were you, rambling. You, I was you were rambling. You were getting in there. Fucking sun right there. That guy with his hexagon dumbbells. The guy was fucking, put your fucking weights away. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I totally agree with you, though. Um. Oh, yeah. So uh, we've gone over this a little bit, and I was sort of terrible at doing it. So let's discuss it again quickly if you want. But how often do you deload, and what do you consider a deload? Uh, so I don't have a set time for deloads. Um, and I will say, I'm assuming it's from the therapies. My deloads are few and far between. I just, I don't know if it's because the amount of rest I get. I don't know if it's, my life is a lot less stressful, what it is, but I bet you I truly deload twice a year. Um, and for me, typically a deload is I don't go to the gym at all for like a week. Yep. Um, I used to try to make it a two week thing. I can't stay gone that long. I'll get arrested. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'll just take a week and I can't, I'm not, I don't enjoy going to the gym and just like getting a pump. I, I get nothing out of that. And it, and the fear that I have, and I think you can understand this. I'm dead serious. You go to the gym, right? And you're like, oh, I'm just gonna pump in. So you start on your, your barbell rows and feels good. Still feels good. Out of play. Out. Next thing you know, I'm fucking pulling 495 because I feel good today. Right. And I'm tra- and next now I'm training and I'm on day two of the deload. So I just stay home. Right. <laughs> like just protect myself from myself. I don't go to the gym. Plus, I find that when I do get back in, I'm so hungry for it that like the training is off the charts because I haven't been at all in a week. Um and yeah, so that's that's both answers on that. The only deload protocol that I ever had success with in the sense that I was able to stick to it was taking a week off the gym. Yep. All the other attempts to like not go too hard or do this or do that, I always like had a real hard time actually following those rules. And it would always be kind of like, like you said, like day one of the deload, day two of the deload, day three, I trained a little too hard. Day four, I went all out. Yep. It's like. <laughs> so basically two of your workouts were slightly less than usual. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm more likely to, I sort of like, I always managed things by skipping body parts. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if my shoulder shoulders was acting, are hurt, don't train like, chest or shoulders for a couple. Of yeah, days. so like shoulders are hurt. Okay, well I'm gonna skip chest and shoulders this week. Yep. And I'm gonna do an extra arm day. Right. And I'm gonna go in and train hams separate from legs. So I still got my five days this week. Right. And I'll just I'll just use it as an opportunity to bomb the hamstrings with a, like a shit ton of volume that maybe they might not be used to. Mm-hmm. And because they'll have their own day, and I'll hit calves <laughs> an extra time. Yep. And then chest and shoulders get to rest and I'll see how my shoulder feels and I'll do, and then next week I'll do an all lateral shoulder workout with no pressing. Yep. 
and I'll see how that goes. And I'll do like an all pec deck hammer machine chest day with the reps in the 15 range. And mm-hmm. I'll see how that feels. So I just would manage things, you know, I'm not sure again, if that was the smartest way to do it, but that's how my brain was working. I don't, that's the thing is I, I think that like, for example, um, and I've talked about this before. So when I got my hernia surgeries in 2009, um, the, the biggest I'd ever been, the heaviest was 286 soft, mm-hmm. but 286. And I just could never get past it. And, uh, because of the type of hernias I had, I was out for 16 weeks, no training. Um, within 12 weeks of being back, I was bigger and better than I'd ever been. Right. I was 290 something and in much better condition. Than I was at 286. And I remember saying to myself, you know, if I would take off a couple of months every year off and at the time, because I was depressed, I wasn't eating my protein. I was, I got, when I came back, I was fat and small. You know what I mean? Uh, so I told, told myself, man, if I could just do this every year, take two or three months off blast. And I would try every year. I'd come around. The shows are over. I'm like, today we start the deload. I'm going to take some time off. And I remember actually the, in 2010, I was working with Chris and I told him my plan and he's like, all right, cool. And like, I was about a week and a half into the break. I was having anxiety, like literal anxiety. And Chris was like, it's not working. You're fucking yourself. Go to the gym. Right, right, right. And it's funny because I, I, I'm, my point of that is, is sometimes what works on paper and what's a great idea and what even proved to work for you, it only worked because I couldn't go. It wasn't an option. So I wasn't stressed. It was just, this is what it is. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I had the discipline, but I think for us, not going to the gym is like other people going. You know, it takes a lot of discipline to take a full week off for me. Oh, Yeah. You know, I even like though I know the it's a smart thing, you know, like it's what book, you should do. I make sure I book a client every time I would normally train just to fuck my day up. So <laughs> I like book clients on those workouts, like 5 p.m. Book, 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 just to That's force, sick. force I, it, you know, but prior to prior to the uh, covid bullshit, I used to go to a movie every day. Ah, yeah, yeah. Covered two and a half hours. So I would literally yeah. be like. I'll just get a movie in the middle of the day. Like Even drink your pre-workout so you stay awake the whole movie. Your pre-workout, take all your pump it's pills. It's a routine. And then you just walk into the theater, sit down. With your eat, food. And you watch the whole movie. And then you're home from the gym, same time. Dogs don't know the difference. Yeah, it's time for your post-workout. It's time for your you shake, know? dude. Dog, you don't disrupt the dog's life at all. They're like, oh, he's home from the gym. He looks a little flat, but he's home at least. Even Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Okay, so I had a good friend of mine. I get a question here. It's how to keep insulin sensitivity in the off season. But I had a good friend of mine message the other day, and he's a he's a bodybuilder who's like I think he's forty one. Mm-hmm. I can't quite remember how old he is. It's forty. We'll say he's forty. And um, anyways, he uh, he's been you know competing on and off his whole life. Good bodybuilder, you know, very right. serious, hardcore guy, knowledgeable, all that stuff. Um, and he said that he he's been testing his blood sugar and uh, occasionally, you know, sporadically tests his blood sugar. And he noticed that lately <clears throat> getting really high. OK. And he was worried that. He maybe needs to, like, stop taking G.H. and lose some weight and go in a deficit. And, you know, because this been a lot of years of being on and off gear and taking a lot of gh and he's one of those guys that get his hands on real gh so he took like 
you know, he's taken it and he's fooled around with insulin and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's just so concerned. He's like, you know, I'm seeing some like blood sugar that was, you know, resting blood sugar that's like too high. Right. And he even like messed around with a little bit of insulin to control it. And then he realized he was controlling his blood sugar with a little bit of insulin. Right. And he's like, what do I do? And I said, I think you need to lose weight, start cardio, diet, go into a calorie deficit, stop taking growth hormone. Mm-hmm. And anything that could make you insulin resistant at all. Right. So how do you feel about that? Well, I think in his case, it seems be, factoring in his age and everything else, I think that that's a very obvious choice because you are looking at uh, periods of life of doing things that you definitely know have caused this. His aren't caused by eating like an asshole. Um, where, cause a lot of people that really is what it is, is they throw off their insulin sensitivity because after a show they binge out and then they keep so much shit in their diet all year. That's really, it's really not an insulin sensitivity problem. It's what they're feeding. Right. You know, and that's very, very common and that's an easy fix. Typically, I mean, one of the fastest ways is going straight with keto, real keto, um, and getting people back where they need to be. In his case, yeah, that I factor age into everything. Right. You know, I mean, e- even myself, as I look at what I would like to do next, um, I say, well, shit, I'm also 39. So, you know, at some point you want to make the decision to come down before the decision is made for you. Right. You know, and in his case, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be an easy fix. You know, a couple months of doing that, bringing the weight down, cleaning up the diet, uh, you know, getting rid of the things that definitely cause it. He'll have no issues. And at that point, he can assess what he wants to do next. That's the beauty of it, too. And you would do you would do a real keto. Yeah, true, which most people have no idea what that is. And they're not even close to it. Um, Because with true keto, you also have to watch your protein levels. Right. Because you're not going to fall into true ketosis eating 70 ounces of meat a day. I know it sounds crazy because people are thinking, how's that? It's a fact. You've got to lower your protein, too. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, so the the obsession has to change when once you're getting into that, the obsession has to change to whatever it takes to handle this. Right. You, you can't be also concerned with being a bodybuilder. Right. So most people who do keto do too low a fat, too high a protein. Yep. Yeah, and then they're just turning protein into glucose anyways. Exactly. Instead of instead of turning fats into fuel. Yeah, because what's happening is is your your body with carbs in the system, the glucose is essentially already there. Well, yeah. Your body is an adaptive machine, so if there's if they're not there, it says, well, we can use this protein. It's not as efficient, but we don't have any other option, yeah. and that'll become. Whereas, like you said, if your fat is high enough and your protein is moderate, it's going to go with the fat because, again, it's easier. It's all about efficiency for your body. What's the easiest way to do this? Okay. Cool. That's uh, pretty much exactly what I said to do. He had already mentioned uh, something about keto. So I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I didn't mention that to him, but, uh, but yeah, that's, he said he's starting a deficit and cardio today. So, okay. Good advice, Dusty. Well, since it was the same advice, it was great advice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your advice was excellent. It was flawless. In fact, (laughs) okay. You got another one? Uh, I have a million, um, but here, let's, 
Okay. For more back thickness, do you cut your widening movements or do you just add more thickening movements? Well, um, I don't really, I don't really think about back training that way. I get, I get what he means. Yeah. I, so I, I think of rows and pull downs and all the different, you know, planes of motion in between the, the, the straight row and the vertical pull down. Right. So I just, um, uh, I mean, it depends. I doubt his volume is so high that he can't add some extra work. Most people need some extra work on their back anyways. Right. And most people like your back training volume is, is incredibly low. Right. But you have perfect activation of your entire back all the time. Right. So a lot of people don't have that, you know, mm-hmm. the connection with their back that someone like you or Dorian has. So, um, so they probably need more back volume. I think most people should do way more back volume than most other body parts because there's just all those planes of motion and all this stuff with the shoulder blades going on and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I'm kind of, I can see that as a reasonable thing to do is just add volume. But yeah. Again, I don't know his training intensity or how he's put together. I doubt he's built like you. I doubt he gets a perfect, you know, vicious, violent lat contraction on every single thing he grabs and pulls on, mm-hmm. um, which is a skill that you possess. So, um, you know, most people would be just add more work to your back. But if he's if he's like different, if he's already training with maxed out intensity and big poundages and stuff like that then maybe you're looking at shifting focus to more rowing movements and right. less pull-down movements. Again, I'd have to see what his back looked like. Yeah, well, and I think, too, that's, you know, you're correct, because it's funny. I, I say thickness and width all the time, Yeah. but also know in my head that a lat fires or it doesn't. It gets <laughs> so, bigger. Yeah. When it grows, it grows in every direction. Yeah. Like, you know. So it's tricky because I actually speak the same way while knowing yeah it's it's not how it works but it's how it works you know what i mean yeah and i i I think it's key to argue like at least point those things out though because uh, i was having this conversation yesterday about branch chains okay you know we have a study comes out now branch chains are useless they're just garbage they're garbage they're garbage garbage and i nod and then i pour some branch chains in my glass and i use them because I've used them for years and years. I can physically tell a difference when I'm using them. I've seen changes in my body when they're in versus when they're not in. So I don't give a shit what one study says. Now, I use EAAs also. But same thing with back is my point. I understand the lat is either firing or it's not. But I also understand that if I'm doing a, uh, a row, a normal row, Versus a pendulum row pulled right up underneath my chest, I am hitting the back differently. Yeah, because the shoulder Lat blades is are still moving firing, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Scapulars are moving differently. Rear delts are getting yeah. involved. Traps are involved differently. There's a lot of factors that come into play. So you got to be cautious with just saying, well, science says the lat fires or it doesn't. Science says branch chains are shit. Mm. Right. right. <laughs> you know I know I mean? what you mean. That's why I think back mm. is complicated and requires more volume for most people. Yeah. Well, just pay attention to what you feel. Stuff. Yeah. You know, I think that that's another key is, okay, when you're 
nearing the end of a workout, is there any part of your back from your neck to your ass crack that isn't blown out? Because if there is, then you need to figure out what movement will hit that for you. Yeah. So you're I, right. I can get that out of a barbell row. Yeah. So I a lot of people barbell row and be done. All right. See ya. <laughs> they, they think they think uh, rows and pull downs, but yep. I also have another subcategory. When I think of like when I'm putting my back to workout together, mm-hmm. I would always think, okay, I'm gonna do two pull two pulling movements, I'm gonna do two rowing movements, mm-hmm. and then I have a fifth movement, and I'm gonna see how my back feels at the end, and I'll decide what movement that's gonna be. Where is there not a lot of blood? Right. Where is can I use more blood? So sometimes that fifth movement, maybe it's kind of a high row on the supported chest because I feel like I need more blood in in between my shoulder blades, or maybe it's like a lower lat exercise, or right. maybe it's just straight up deadlifts, or you know. So I would kind of think that way. And then when it came to rowing, I would always make sure that I put the emphasis on bent over unsupported rows. Right. So I think, okay, I'm going to do three rowing exercises today, but only one of them is chest supported. Right. So because, you know, I was always aware of, I wasn't the type of deadlifter you are where I religiously deadlifted. So I would rely on a lot of heavy unsupported dumbbell rowing and barbell rowing and T-bar rowing to get a lot of the erector yeah. overload up the spine. I would say, well, if you're not going to be a deadlifter, you at least have to be a T-bar rower and a barbell rower right for sure there's still a lot of thickness in those movements when you're doing them with 300 300 400 pounds yeah for sure so but you know the thing you have to make sure you avoid is is people who do all supported rows and pull downs Mm -hmm. is just there's that's where you're you're just not gonna have a back there that's not where the back is i think you just factor in i mean it's that simple it's that simple thing there's a reason that you lean towards those they're easier to do yeah it just is. It's easier to do. A, I mean, here, it's a lot easier to do a hammer row seated than a dumbbell row. Right. Yeah. It just is. I mean, there's just something about getting that dumbbell from the ground and fucking rowing it that makes it different. Yeah. So. And even though you got your hand on something, it's not like a supported row because most of your weight is still on your feet. Yep. And your hand is really like, like it there's balance. Yeah. And I can even like, <laughs> I can even like wiggle my hand across the rack during my set if it's not in the right spot. Right. Like there's definitely not like hundreds of pounds on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all in your, that's all in the arm. So yeah, no, it's, it's key, but yeah, I'm glad you, uh, glad we brought that one up. It's solid. Okay. Okay. What's the plan, Dusty? Uh, well, now that we're done with this, it's, uh, I have all my, I did all my adulting this morning grocery shopping and everything so today's cook cook day gotta be okay. ready this this whole uh eating thing again has been a lot yeah so you haven't touched 300 pounds yet have you uh no i was 298 this morning oh really so yeah because i was thinking it's probably coming soon that's why i asked yeah no we're we're right there i was 298 and uh what's funny and openly is i haven't added in any of the things that most people would think because the first step i had planned on it but I started eating and I was just like the changes were quick because I haven't right. eaten very much in so long. So I was like, well, let's just let's get to three with nothing like, right. You know, just the normal supplements and, and food. And it's went so well that now it's kind of like I'm curious to see how quick 310 will come. 
Right, right. Because you know yeah, I, mean? yeah. I think it'll be the fastest. And then that's when the fight will begin. Because, um, I mean, I haven't been even 310 in years. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think I'll shoot to there, and then it'll be a fight. <laughs> that's good. You know, so we'll see. I I had something I was going to quickly tell everyone about because I didn't mention it. But I tore my hamstring. I didn't bring it up ah, on the show. Remember right. my hamstring tear that I told you about? Yes. So I tore my hamstring Christmas Eve. And so what's the date today? What is it? It's the 11th. 11th. So it's been like almost three weeks. And uh, it's doing really good. It's like the bruise is gone. It's... You know, it's a little tight. Like when I bend over to touch my toes, I can feel that hamstring needs some more flexibility. Right. Um, you know, last uh, last leg day I did, I, I put the the pin on the 10 pound plate on the hammer leg curl and I did a bunch of single leg curls <laughs> with just 10 pounds in the weight of the arm, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, it like filled up with blood and got really warm. I've been using TB 500 and BPC 157. Mm. and uh no gh though i don't have any and uh <laughs> i've been using that and and yeah and it's uh, healing up really well i've got a graston tool and i've got the massage gun so i'm working it with a graston tool and i'm hitting it with the massage gun and you know I'm moving it around a lot and uh, it's, heal- it's healing really fast it's healing really fast so anyways i tore it on my bike i fell off my bike tore my hamstring um, I figured I'd tell the story. It was Christmas Eve. I said, I'm going to ride for one hour and then I'm going to come up and we're going to watch a movie and stuff. Right. So I rode for one hour and I, there was a, a trick that I pulled off that I'd never, I hadn't pulled off. And I was like, fuck. And I looked at my watch and it was 8 p.m. I'm like, oh, it's 8 p.m. It's time to go in. And I was like, I got to do it one more time. And there it was. <laughs> and uh, I fell and I, I just sort of put my foot forward. Like I jumped off the bike and my foot planted and I, but I bent over and touched the ground with both hands. Right. Because I was like stuck, like running forward, you know. Yep. And so as soon as my hands hit the ground, I felt pop in the back of my hamstring. And I just I just went limp. I didn't fight it, you know. Yeah. And I just went limp and shoulder rolled. And then I sat up and I was I, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Because I was like, I've heard guys say that they popped a hammy. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean popped? If you popped, it would be torn off, you idiot. Like I just right. I didn't think that you could feel that feeling and not yep. have it like it was yeah. weird unravel the, yeah the, the way it felt i thought something came off so i was laying on the ground grabbing the tendons feeling around and i was like oh everything is attached and then i was feeling the muscle belly and there's no lump or ball or anything yeah yeah, yeah. and i was like what the fuck what was that feeling because it was a fuck it felt like someone punched me in the leg yep and i was like oh man that was like when you get a cramp and it like pulls like that's what it felt like and i was like yep. oh shit i you know, because I swore I felt it like <laughs> come away. Yeah. And uh, and I thought, OK, it's definitely going to bruise. And I, I actually had a hard time getting up. I had to like roll over and kind of figure out how to stand up without activating it at all because it was super fucking sore. Right. And I limped home like I had to limp. I got, came in the door with my bike and like Emily came and took my bike and I was like limping. I was pretty worried for a while. I didn't say anything. I just posted a picture of my of the bruise on my back of my leg. I, well, five days later, I woke up and it was like a big purple spot. And I was like, oh, there we go. Okay. So I did tear something. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to show up and prove me that I knew exactly what happened. Um, but now the bruise is gone and there's there's it's dry again. So I can actually see all my hamstrings again when I flex them. Right. 
So it seems to be pretty good. I just got to make sure I rehab it enough before I like, you know, get back on the bike. So <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to book in with uh, my buddy Tyler and uh, do a couple of footwork sessions with him this week. Right. And I want to make sure I'm moving again. Cause I'll admit when I tore it, I was I my first two weeks, I just rested it. I wasn't right. like trying to move around. I was like fucking seated dumbbell <laughs> curls, right. seated side laterals. I didn't want to put any hip pop into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, Braden's putting the dumbbells on my lap because I didn't want to pick anything up. <laughs> so it was good. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward. I my goal was to be back on the on my bike by the beginning of February. Right. And uh, now I'm actually I'm going to try to beat that. I think so. Yeah, I'm feeling ambitious. So that's when. Then obviously Brad Rowe just tore his quad the other day. So I've been talking to him, and he was sharing all the modalities he's doing. He's got the hyperbaric chamber. Oh, you nuts. Fucking, yeah. He's like a fucking astronaut sleeping in a chamber and and all this shit. And he's got his he's got the neurofit on his quad. Yep. And then he's got it wrapped in one of those fucking sleeves that like ice machine. Ice machine it. So yep. it's it's just and he sleeps that way for like eight hours. Yep. So um he said he he goes, This is the perfect he's such a positive dude. Yeah. He goes, This is the perfect advertisement for my medical and wellness center that's opening. Yeah. It's going to be what I'm doing to myself, (laughs) rehabbing my quad in record time, never seen before by any athlete ever. Like, he bought the red, the red light thing and the whole bit too. He's like, I want NFL teams calling me going, you need to get our guys. We got a, we got a fucking linebacker here. We need him in there. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's his goal, right? It's like high level people come in there with torn shit and just healing them as fast as possible. Right. So he's such a positive guy. So our, our best wishes obviously go out to Brad, um, you know, rehabbing the touring quad. And none of you guys are doing any of this shit in the gym. He was playing basketball. You're riding him. Remember the first thing I asked you when you told me, I go, biker gym. Yeah. Like, bike. For sure. Bike. I was proud of you when you said bike. Though. I was like, all right, good. Hey, you know what? You know what, though, man? If, if uh, I now that I'm sort of part of this little like flatland world. They say, like, if you're not falling, you're not riding. That's like, the truth. Well, think about it. I mean, that's true. If you wouldn't, then you're not pushing yourself. If you, you know, don't fall, you're not pushing. Yeah, like, you're just not riding. You're just doing tricks you already know how to do over and over. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so true, though. I think the same way. I'm like, well, if you didn't fall, you ain't trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not pushing yourself. That's classic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Dusty. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell. Um, we appreciate the questions. I love the format. We both kind of adopted dusty where we do our own questions like sometime in the week. And then we just save a bunch of them for the show. Cause yep. it's, it's, it's again, efficiency. It's like, cause you get a lot of good ones and you can't cover them all. Yep. And, and then some of them you're like, well, fuck, I can't do a little blip about this. Yeah. It's too long. Yeah. I get a lot you of know? that. And then sometimes we double cover, you know? Because you know, I, you that you get, I get a lot of the questions too, or, or yeah, or, or I take the question. I'm like, but now I need to know a little more, Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. Okay, yeah. Thanks, everybody. I know that uh, you have a couple of guests waiting in the wings, as do I. Um, so we'll have to uh, start booking people now. New year, that's right. New lineup, you know. Same with us. There we go. Thanks, guys. Remember, everybody, it's just bodybuilding. <laughs>